I'm Amanda. And I'm Beth. And this is Life's Life's a Lot. Lot. This podcast grew out of friendship and a mutual desire for transparent community. We learned over the past couple years the importance of talking about our Life's a Lot moments. We just know that opening up about these moments will help break down barriers and build community that's key to a healthier human existence. We want this to be a safe space where people can share their struggles and their triumphs and help us all feel a little less alone. We hope you enjoy. Love you. Bye. Today we are talking to Kristen from Honolulu. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. I um, Our phone call together was really good and I was really excited about this interview today and getting to know you a lot more. And I just, I'm like kind of having a really wild, wonderful moment because I remember us, oops, low power mode. Okay, uh, that's okay. It's oops, okay. Here we go. Here phone. we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, that I pretty much like, well, you know, Amanda and I graduated from the same high school and I pretty much like left when I was 18 and did not look back. I was like, peace out. Um, and you know, I really, now I can look back and be like super grateful. I had that experience where I grew up and I, I loved my childhood and like, you know, had great opportunities and all that. But, um, when I left to go to music school, I was like, I don't know. I, I kind of got to the point where I was feeling like, ah, oh, I don't fit in here. And I, I know I don't fit in here, but I have to play the game long enough to graduate. <laughs> right. Let's make it out of this town. Kind of. yeah. <laughs> Survival. Yeah. yeah. But again, and now I'll like, I'll go back and there's some really lovely memories and moments and like some good fun stuff, but um, mm-hmm. I didn't really keep in touch with anyone and yeah. you know, all that. But um, I don't know what your experiences were, Amanda, but it was uh you know, I mean, so just if, were you there for, for like all four years? Like, were you there for your whole childhood in Binghamton? Yeah. Oh, so wow. I yeah. So I went to I was like one of the few that went from Shenango Valley from uh, kindergarten. Wow. Like, all the way up. Yeah. So, so I went to one high school. What a or one, one, like, school different district. experience. Because mm. like for me, I came in for the last two years of high school. So right. that was like, you know, completely different. I was diving into, wow, I guess I forgot that realization that there was a chunk of you guys that literally existed from kindergarten to graduation. Yeah. There's of, like pictures of us like that? with pigtails and like awkward middle school photos and yeah. like first grade. Um, I don't know, like weird, weird memories. Yeah. It's so funny. They're definitely... Is that a lot of you that did that? I think so. Um, At least, I'd say probably maybe at least half. I don't know. I've never really looked. But that, um, because, and I think there's a bit of a culture there that people don't leave. Uh Or they'll, like, move within Binghamton, but they won't. I I don't know. I've never actually looked at who's stayed and who's left. Right. But But I feel like a lot of people stay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like a hometown thing though. Just like it's very hometown vibes in the world. Like if, if there's that vibe there and like, especially that kindergarten to kindergarten to senior in mm-hmm. one school, like that, you know, like same yeah. group, like that's, that's kind of a vibe. I feel like that's. Yeah. yeah. I remember some really, really stupid, ridiculous things that happened in like first grade and kindergarten that I remember with the people that I graduated with. That is and, like, so I remember cool. one, so one, one kid punched me in the stomach in kindergarten, and I like remember it to this day. Oh, <laughs> and I also, like, isn't it crazy the things that you remember? <laughs> you need to hold this up from your chest. Okay. Um, the things that you remember from when you're in like 
really little like I remember like this kid pretending that he was a doctor like you know when you play like pretend and stuff and he pushed so hard on my stomach I felt like my insides were being squished and I was literally like four years old and I still have like a lot of anger towards this guy that told me that he was a three-year-old doctor and he was going to fix my stomach you just pushed on it. You just squished it. Oh. <laughs> you didn't fix anything. That's not yeah. okay. His name was yeah. Xander. Xander, if you're listening, Xander. I'm so mad. <laughs> Xander, we're still furious about this. So <laughs> apologize yeah. immediately. We're just- yeah. Well, I'll tell you a really funny parallel. Um, so in like first grade or something, um, I'm not, I don't know if I should say the name. Whatever. I don't care. Corey. Just use first he, names. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. He, um, and I'm, he, uh, we were playing on the playground and he wanted to play tag. I didn't want to play tag, <laughs> but he yeah, was like that. grabbing my arm and pulling me to play anyway. So I bit him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking don't pull my I arm. I love it. And then I was damn it, the one Corey, that got in trouble. You. <laughs> you got in trouble? <laughs> yeah, and I was so mad. I had to like go to the principals and my, I remember this to this day, like my my mom got called and so she was like, put my daughter on. I was like, hi, mom. I'm so sorry. I did a kid. <laughs> and she was like, honey, you did everything I taught you. Like, Don't worry about it. You're not in trouble. And so, um, and I remember, and like years later, I came back for, you know, some Christmas uh, break and Corey was my bartender. And no I was way. Like, Do you remember that? I, did you ask? We didn't talk. Oh <laughs> okay, next time I challenge because I mainly I really want to know the interaction and if he also remembers, you know, because that's some things that I wonder, like I remember right. certain things about like, you know, random shit, what second grade, first grade, whatever. But I'm like, how did those people remember? Or do I just remember them for the rest of my life? You know, like, yeah, does he remember that he got I really it? think about that pretty often. Cause like, I grew up kind of like similar to you in that same environment of like being with the same people since I was born and like mm. having that. And so like my best friends growing up, I wonder if they have like weird memories of me that I don't even remember and vice versa. Cause like totally. my best friend, he like was, we were best friends since we were five all the way until we graduated. And he like came to my house one day cause he lived like a few houses away from me. And he brought a little um, spade, like a little small spade that you get at like um chick-fil-a or whatever and he said that he was gonna cut down a tree and i was so concerned that he was gonna cut down a tree with this spade that i started crying and i remember thinking how selfish is he for thinking that he's gonna cut down a tree at my house and so i wonder like if one if he has embarrassing memories about me and two like i wonder if he remembers how traumatic it felt that he was gonna cut down trees probably not did you share with him how dramatic it was in the moment did you like lose I your cried, shirt yeah <laughs> but also i cried a lot with him he like always babied me and he, we were the same age so mm. i was just smaller and weaker okay okay <laughs> so grew up all in the same town how are you an only child yep okay. yeah hey me so too literally all but of I our conversations later, just finding all your <laughs> i still learned how to share <laughs> i know same 
My parents used to a boarding school and I feel like I lost every single ounce of my only childhood because of like boarding school. Uh, I just like completely like don't have those. Well, I mean, I still have like some selfishness, but who doesn't? (laughs) Yeah, but boarding school. Particular like boarding school. I'm not boarding school. There's a particular only child selfishness. Mm. It's like not having that permanent share. Yeah. yeah or I guess it's just like not understanding that like that not everyone has their own bedroom and their own toys because yeah and so like Christmas know. wasn't all about you yeah. like holidays weren't all about your happiness like that's one thing like I've really had to deal with mm. is being like oh so this holiday that everybody celebrates isn't just about me right and mm, like that's interesting I'm like really crazy on traditions Amanda knows this we have to do this at this time and blah, blah 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 and Amanda and my boyfriend just get so like frustrated because they're like or we can just hang out and relax and I'm like but mm. tradition but tradition but like <laughs> I was raised very very much so on traditions but I think in my life there was a lot of traditions that we had to eventually give up you know whether that be from like, you know, losing someone or moving or, you know, traditions always changed. Like for us, we always had a Christmas day and my mom and dad always made it very, very special. But we always had our Christmas day like two weeks before actual Christmas because we would always travel for Christmas. Cause once we, so I was born in Illinois and then, you know, once we moved from Illinois and moved to different states for like my parents' work or whatever pastors um we would always come back for christmas to be with the family because they were high school sweethearts and like everybody was in the same state so Mm -hmm. but we always had like our special tradition but it was always like the date didn't matter and so like for me like traditions mean something but like it it it's so much looser that's why i'm Mm -hmm. like it's the it's more about the essence and like a few things that i can throw in there to like remember other things you know at this point in my life like I feel like it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. I can see that flexible, I suppose. Yeah. I think that's also like a good part of uh, the conversation happening now with people trying to decide holiday plans and like, do you travel during pandemic? Do you get together during a pandemic? Like, and the, the discord or the fight that's happening that is not, it's like, no, this, this, this must happen on the 25th. Right. (laughs) And, these things um but some of my other friends and families are doing like christmas in july and just making a thing of it you know so yeah were you guys pretty uh intense about like traditions and things with your family um pretty much i mean christmas and easter were the things you know also being in the church and so that Mm -hmm. was like pretty much understood um but also the like the thanksgiving thing as an adult and actually like the last decade or so i'm pretty much always done friendsgiving because mm. the within the music industry like that you can't just really afford to take off that and then gig for three or four more weeks and then go to christmas or to right. hanukkah or anything like that and so um a friendsgiving kind of became like the orphans thanksgiving is mm. also kind of my feeling of like oh my bigger friends my bigger family yeah. which is you know, music friends and Family the other teams. people that gig and freelance. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I always like Friendsgiving and it's kind of odd that I'm not doing a Friendsgiving this year. Like, mm. That's the weird part. Yeah. Yeah. That is. We usually do a big one mm. um, in previous years, but so yeah, tell nice. us um, how, tell us, tell, tell me us. how you yeah. and Amanda met. Um, hi. Yeah. 
What was your first experience with Amanda? I was trying to think that too. Yeah. I mean, I definitely remember music theater. Theater. I remember drama choir, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, choir. Oh, yeah. We were both sopranos, so we were up at the top, kind of joking off. Did you a little? Did you do sports stuff? Yeah, did a lot of sports. Did I did tennis, basketball, track, and technically powerlifting, but that was definitely more because my tennis coach said I had a wimpy serve. (laughs) But then I I started really liking tennis, or then I really started liking lifting, and so I was like, oh. Okay. Well now I'm strong and I like this thing I do. Um, I did track as well and volleyball at that school, volleyball, track, volleyball, theater, choir, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. whatever. The main thing that I think of is Fiddler on the Roof because that was like the big thing our senior year that we were all in. Right. Yeah. And that's the first year I played in the pit rather than being on the stage. So I played percussion Mm -hmm. for that show. And that was kind of like a little bit of a deciding factor too, for me with, you know, percussion and rather than singing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember like what specific, I just remember you being a cool hang and being, I don't know, the last couple of years, I was kind of more focused on, well, I don't know. That's kind of like, not accurate. I was going to say focus on getting up, but I was just doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. And in that point in our lives when we met, so that was junior, senior year, because we're same age. um, Mm -hmm. Like what kind of journey were you on in your life at that point? So like you said, you kind of grew up in the church a little bit in your family. Was it really, really strict? Was it like loose? Oh, no. You know, the fun, the, the funny part is like, so my mom, it was, you know, it's definite Christian. And my dad was an engineer and scientist. And mm-hmm. wow. like, so lots of interesting dinner table conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was a lot of the, and now it's fun. Cause I've kind of like grown into both areas a lot and mm-hmm. seeing how there's so much interconnectedness, but um, no, you know, I had in high school, I was expected that I went to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. I probably was, I had, I had some beef with religion though. I will say, because I was just starting, not that our, our school was definitely not super LGBT friendly. <laughs> it wasn't like haters, but it wasn't a lot of like super right. presence there. And, um, I remember a few of my friends that were gay, there were like the thoughts about the church be not welcoming them. I was like, this is really dumb. But that was probably my first few moments of thinking like, ah, I don't really agree with all this stuff, but I do believe like, yes, love one another. Like, yes. Um, like be, be kind and, and community is good. You know, I liked being a part of the community, but right. Good things to take from. Yeah. But yeah. I agree. Yeah. I feel like yeah. being raised. Weird. In that. <laughs> yeah. What an interesting, uh, combination, the science yeah. and the Christianity. I know. Like, that's kind of like two opposites. Do they did they agree totally. on a lot, or was it like a fun conversation that existed? That um, it was definitely a fun conversation, mm-hmm. and it was always respectful. Very much all about like wanting to learn more and growth and think about this mm-hmm. thing or think about that thing. And I mean, now I'm super interested in quantum physics and stuff. And yeah. I was like, man, if only I could have told my dad like twenty years ago uh, yeah. at the, that table like 
those conversations would oh, have been wild. Those have been so cool. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, oh, I just want to go to the mall. <laughs> Can we please right. just drive me to the mall? <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. I need to go get some new Hollister jeans. Like, yeah. <laughs> that are too low so my butt hangs out when I sit down at school. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. The my, other day, we had my a collar. The other day, we had a repairman at work that was showing his crack. And I instantly went to this place of being like, <laughs> I remember when cracks were sexy. <laughs> like, women cracks yeah. were sexy. Like, the little peak of like a crack and like you could see like the V and like your oh my like, God. pubic like area. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 You know what's so funny? The bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. And I know. So never, unhealthy like, of us. Yeah. So unhealthy. <laughs> and now I see all the mom jeans and like that sexy and I'm like, I, I, I don't get it. Um, oh my gosh it just like carries your tum like no matter what size tum that you have it just carries your tum in a cradling way it's (laughs) it's i think it's about finding the right pair yeah it is it's finding the right yeah it's got to be comfy enough and it's got to like i don't because mom jeans aren't meant to be tight Mm -mm. mom jeans are meant to be baggy Mm -hmm. and so like you want a good baggy pair of mom jeans and I feel like it's all about like rocking it in your fashion way you know like right throw it with something that like feels like you and then it looks great yeah I don't know I think I still need to find my perfect pair of mom jeans then because I will try them on it's okay we'll come to Hawaii I just don't get on board yeah yeah we'll (laughs) be there yeah you said you don't have anyone for Thanksgiving we're we're yeah we're coming for Thanksgiving (laughs) change of plans new tradition we buy jeans we good in Hawaii with Kristen yeah there's no need for jeans here I have one pair of jeans it's okay if we don't find the perfect pair of jeans there's always next year yeah (laughs) there's always next year yeah I have it that I want to like have this place so right now in my mind I'm kind of hoping it can keep moving where it's like I live part-time here, part-time in LA and there is a bit of work up in San Francisco. So if I can live in those three triangles yeah. and just avoid my least favorite parts of each season, uh-huh. like when it gets too hot in LA, that's I'll cool. go to San Francisco and then I'll like, when it gets yeah. too hot, that's my goal. It's too hot. Oh yeah. So it, like I my goal's my the triangle. opposite though. When it gets too cold, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I want to go places. So my boyfriend and I have decided that we're going to, in a couple of years, start living part-time here in the U S and then part-time in Southern Spain. So we have like a good like change because I'm in love with Southern Spain. Rent prices in Spain are so cheap. Like getting like oh an gosh. Airbnb for like months on end would be about half the price of renting a apartment here. And so, wow. like, thinking about buying a place here and then renting a place in Spain and then, like, being able to, like, go, like, to different parts of the EU during, like, the winter time, And I just think it would be great. Oh, it would be. That's so rad. You know, we're focusing. Oh. We're doing. That's yeah, why we're, we're headed. We're in it. Almost, so I have there. a question for you. What is yeah. your ultimate goal right now it doesn't have to be your like forever goal but Mm, what's been a recent goal that you've had that you want to achieve Mm. Mm. that's a great question so many things i know there's so much um well the one right now like so i pivoted my company in uh march obviously pandemic um and obviously there's no gigs or touring so i like my immediate goal right now is that we're launching the next phase of the company um, in December. And I would love to just see that just like 
trajectory and just skyrocket and yeah. more to the point for it to actually serve its purpose because it's it's built to provide resources for musicians mm. and it's like all the stuff that I know that me and my friend circle needs and so I'm assuming other musicians could really benefit from it too so um so I would love to see that just scale that probably would be my most favorite thing. And then there's some, a few um, just like marimba voice recording projects that I finished in LA right before I left. And so those are all being mixed, mixed and mastered right now. And it would, it would be cool to see if it could be done by January, but I'm, I don't know if that's an accurate yeah. goal. <laughs> Timeline. I mean, go for it though. Yeah. Even but, if you don't succeed, try, it, just like make it your goal right now to like make it your goal. Yeah. 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 I mean, that part's kind of out of my hands because, uh, like I don't mix or master. So right. I just lay the tracks down and then send them. So, um, that's what but, we do. Yeah. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> those yeah, probably are those two goals. big thing. That's awesome. Do you want to talk about your business at all? I don't really know much about it. I'd love to know oh, yeah, a little yeah. bit if you don't yeah. mind telling yeah, of us. Course. I would love, cause I'd love to hear your thoughts on it too. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. so it's called the Den Collective, and uh, my production company in LA that I started four years ago is called Produced by Bear, and um, that has a story in itself. But so the Den is more, um, it was to be created for like this, basically like a WeWorks meets a, you know, Equinox gym membership, but for musicians. So mm -hmm. it's a place for musicians to come together, have co-working, have recording studio space, have resources to therapy and counseling and sports yeah. med and PT. Um all the stuff that like, you know, outside of just playing your instrument, what else do you need? Um, like we're a to, whole to being survive. and yeah, exactly. Not just yeah. like the sound on a track for 20 bucks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not about that. So, yeah. um, I, so then we were actually even doing venue walkthroughs and we had floor plans and that was the beginning of March. Mm -hmm. And by mid March, we were like, not cool, a great so like none of this yeah. is happening not a move right now that's okay <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah totally fine um so then uh I decided to take the company and put it on on a stronger platform and took like four days to build it all out in the back end and then we launched it April 1st which don't launch anything on April Fool's Day like your parents will your, your mom will think that you're making a joke and it's not a joke. Oh <laughs> my God. We literally almost launched our, like our, we were like, okay, our unrealistic goal. We always have those when we're doing business yep. things. Our unrealistic goal is we were going to send out our first one April 1st yeah. and then pandemic and happened we just took and like tornado and all this shit. It's and, really like, crazy. Like how the course of this podcast wow. really took time to mature. Because, yeah. like, we, like, had this idea in, like, 2019. Yeah. And then we started in January to, like, really, like, get serious about it. And then we had a tornado. And then a pandemic. And then we oh, were gosh. like, well, how do we make this virtual now? Like. Right. And right. we had, like, a completely All the while different going through life. Yeah. You know. As we do. Trying to survive just, like, the normal life shit that we're all going through. You know? Like in our personal yeah. lives and then the fact that we're living in a pandemic. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Kind of so are you at your home right now? In <laughs> no, actually not my friends. Oh, I'm on Oahu. Um, oh. And I just need to plug in my phone. There we go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm on Oahu, um, Honolulu, part of Oahu. And um, it's not bad. I don't know. Yeah. I never thought like necessarily it would 
happen this way, but here I am. And so you just kind of keep rolling with what life rolls out and here you are used to like, you know, uh, anyway, yeah, that's, but anyway, the company is like, uh, built for musicians to come on and right now it's teach online remote lessons and coachings and to receive yeah. coachings. But the next stage of it is we're bringing on uh, people like we're bringing on an entertainment lawyer, um, oh. a, a real estate agent that sp- specifically deals with getting musicians to have to get bank loans. Cause I don't know if you you're familiar, but you know, yeah. banks won't regularly loan to a freelancer. Even right. if you're the because they're like, prove company. it. Yeah. Don't, don't care yeah. what you think you can make or what you did, you know? prove it. Yeah. So if you have a bunch of 1099s, it's not as great uh, to get a bank loan. So, so yeah, there's a few people, a few more people coming on some mental health and wellness therapists that deal specifically with musician trauma and, um, and then some injury prevention stuff. So we've got a neurokinesiologist coming on. So like, it's just all of these types of people that I work with and yet I have to go to like seven different places in order to really succeed as a musician throughout the day. Yeah. And so I'm looking to bring all of them together. So. That's amazing and definitely yeah. needed, I feel like. It's kind of like a hospital. Like you're kind of opening up a hospital for musicians. Like oh, there's yeah. so many different <laughs> things that are like available to the patient that comes mm-hmm. in. And instead of going to many different doctor's offices, they're staying in one location. So it's easier. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it too. I've never described it as a hospital, but yeah. And hopefully like a wellness hospital, not like we're yeah, all yeah. Oh, no, no. I'm thinking like a family practice. <laughs> yeah. Not like you know, emergency like, care. Um yeah, we're not by the beach. Emergency like, every time. <laughs> everybody wears seafoam green scrubs, you know. Like a chill. Mm. Yeah. Like private practice, if you will. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a place where you'd want to hang out. Mm-hmm. For like the day. <laughs> yeah. All the doctors are sexy. Yeah. So you're okay yes. with having to go in. And you're like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah. Just come on in. You'll get you'll get it. You still have to get your shots, yes. But they're yeah. nice. They're shots, sweet. aka they're the money. Money. No, that's exciting. I love it. That's, that's a so really great. awesome thing. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean it's kind of grew out of necessity because yeah. I was looking to join an online platform and to start teaching and coaching when, you know, my tour is canceled. And I wasn't really super satisfied with what was being offered out there. It, yeah. um, they would either take a percentage cut of my lesson fee or they would set my rates for me. Uh-huh. And so I just morally disagreed with that. I was like, well, I earned this money. This is right. what I should take. So, um, so the back end we built it out a little differently. And um, I keep saying the Royal we, but it's like, me and a few friends. Right. But the so. Royal we I say the Royal we all the time. It's like a thing I yeah. can't stop. I don't think at this point, but like I could if I tried sure. Like yeah. what is the Royal we? I don't I just say we all the time. Like what is a Royal we? we? It's when you're most likely talking about you. But you're saying like, oh, yeah, and we're launching in December. It's like, mm, Kristen's launching the company in December. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, like, we're that doing this. Sense. We like yeah. this. I, I like what I say is like, we like this, which means like, I definitely like this. Maybe people around me like it. And if they don't, then they'll disagree. But That's become I mean- <laughs> an inside joke between me <laughs> like, and my boyfriend like because we both adore Amanda. <laughs> and we'll like be sitting and joking around and we'll be like, we hate this. Because <laughs> that's. Just what I because say. she'll like I, she wants everybody to agree and I love it. Like mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. like we hate it. We hate it. Yeah. yeah. 
We hate yep. it. We hate it. We love it. We love it. We love it. We definitely love it. Because there's more sides to you than just one. Exactly. And it's like all of you are agreeing on this point. Uh, the all of me, all of mm-hmm. my being, the we. Mm-hmm. Royal we. we love the royal. We. It makes sense. Yes. Indeed. Okay, so tell me a little bit, switching gears right now. I wanted to ask a question. Do it. Okay, cool. I was thinking about creatively because, you know, I've been really kind of diving in in my life um, a lot of uh, solitary time in this time to, like, work on podcast things and, like, you know, rediscover what I need and, you know, find my meditation time and that vibe, you know? And, Mm. like... I feel like in creating something like that, that you kind of need that it comes out of necessity. Like that's, I feel like what we created this podcast, like we found a friendship that we're like, God, we want to share this existence with other people. Like the ability to just exist and like be silly and serious and like whatever you want, you know, and that community, whatever. So it like started out of necessity. And like, I feel like that's what you're saying about your company and whatever. So I'm just curious, like, did you have this like time that you, um, you know, felt like it was that growing period where that came out of and like, was there anything specific that you felt like was a routine that like it kind of grew out of like, you know, like sometimes I find my inspiration when I'm biking. A lot of times lately I've been going on power walks because I have a lot of anxiety and that helps. And then the brain is doing creative things and I come home and I can journal or, you know, fill in the blank. So like, is there or have there been, because I feel like for me, it changes even by the day and by the week of like what works and what I vibe with, you know, um, mm. so has there been like different chunks of time with different chunks of like things that helped you be creative and what like these things kind of came out of? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And it definitely changes uh, yeah. for me, even, even recently, the, um, well, like I can think most specifically I bought a bike pretty much as soon as I came here. And so I've been just exploring the island by like riding in the morning. And um, I would get up right before the sunrise and like bike to the top of the mountain and then get to the ocean just in time to like sit, journal. Um, and then I'd bike back. And it'd be like maybe 7.30 by the time I'd get back and I'd have the rest of the day. And I'd, you know, feel really good about it and could work level-headedly and very clearly Um, so that, that definitely helped because it combined a bit of physical, a bit of like, uh, of course, journaling and gratitude and all that, but the, um, I guess maybe even spiritual or, or, or connection with nature. And I'm really big into sunrises and sunsets. So (laughs) no matter there's, there's no, like you can have the busiest day in the world and you can still take 10 seconds to like sit watch a sunset, breathe, and then like move on with your night. So um, I try to really get connected and grounded that way. But I think it has been also a good process. The deeper process is like I've had a lot of clearing out to do so that I can have a space where I'm actually working really strongly. And that I think came pretty nat. It started to come more naturally to me within music performance because you just Mm -hmm. start to know like the game plan of like what needs to happen before you get on the stage. You've got like you've got 90 seconds from that call to get to your mark before like, you know, the lights go up and, and um, within those 90 seconds, like our very strategic moves that I've figured out for many years (laughs) of like what needs to happen mentally Mm -hmm. um, to get myself into the place of flow. But the, 
the working on your own company and startup life and all that, there, like there comes a lot of other things of barriers and, and like kind of comparing yourself mm. to a lot of other, um, especially when in Silicon Valley, like I'm, oh, that's another story in itself, but it's, <laughs> it's the whole thing. I'm, yeah, I'm usually the one of the only women in the conference call and it's full of Patagonia jackets. Mm. Ugh. Yeah. I know exactly you know, what fine, you're talking which is about. Fine, but like that then brings a certain air into my mind of my mindset of how I'm going to be interacting in the room. Right. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. So yeah. just getting really more clear on myself and where I, like how mm. I carry myself. Would yeah. Be helpful. Yeah. That was a long one. That was kind of a vague answer, but. No. Answers. Yeah. Definitely. A little bit of working out, a little bit of journaling. Yeah. <laughs> same. A little bit connecting. Are you singing or anything in your life currently? Mm, I'm just starting to get back to get... it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I'm just starting to get back to it. And yeah. um, I really love playing marimba and singing. So those are some of the marimba voice projects that I'm working on. So. <laughs> but it's so weird to get back to being comfortable with your own voice. Yeah. And it's weird. I don't know how you felt, Amanda, but it's like I was always because I was surrounded by really awesome singers, uh -huh. especially in music school, like I began to sing less and I began to sing more timidly. Uh -huh. And that's not helpful. No, <laughs> not at all. For me, so. I felt like I, I kind of, I always had a weird relationship with my voice. <clears throat> so this, I feel like, cause I grew up in the church and honestly they had me like singing on stage at these tiny little competitions since I was like tiny little baby child, you know, like two, three mm -hmm. years old can sing and whatever. So like, it's not that they weren't, you know, pushing me to explore the like talents that came naturally, but it's this weird thing. I think just in the existence of the church, when you grow up as like a pastor's kid and all that, just, you're supposed to be humble. You're not supposed to like think anything of yourself, but to perform and to really whatever you have to like, know that you're good and you have to have confidence. And for me, it really was a thing where like, I feel like I've just come into my confidence like this year, you know, and that's true, like in a lot of ways, because like, this is like the most clear place that I've ever been in my life of feeling connected to my being and not feeling like confused as much, you know, like, I feel like when you're growing mm. up, like middle school and like high school and all that, there's such a confusion that exists around just like being a person. Like, cause you're always trying to fit into something because you want acceptance from all the people around you, you know, and you want like a group, you want a thing and you still want that even when you're like 20 and 30 and whatever, like, not that I still don't want to be accepted and you know, whatever, but it's like, you come into this place. I think where you're just like, I can't give a fuck about anybody else. And not that I have to hate people or be awful, but at the end of the day, like, what about me? What about my happiness? And so like finding that clarity in like my own existence, I think is the thing that's really like brought that, um, in my life this like last year, you know? Um, that's amazing because I always remember you being like a super strong belter. And I was always like, yeah, she's awesome. And I, you know, no one ever taught me how to belt or anything like that. So yeah, so I mean, I think that. 
that was just like me being a loud ass bitch and like having a lot of energy and like, you know, like I was just like, I've always been really loud and theatrical, but I never felt like connected with the performing of it in the way that I do now, I guess, because now I don't think about it. I feel like I could get on a stage and I could do the thing because I feel way more connected to like my ability and like the Mm -hmm. confidence in myself of like, I don't have to like apologize for the fact that I'm a good fucking actor and an amazing singer and like can play the piano very well because of my training as a child, you know, like whatever. But those things I would like, yeah, I play piano, you know, since I was a kid and yeah, I sing and, you know, yeah, I like to do theater stuff, you know, whatever. But it's like that like time when you're like finally stepping in and being like I don't have to apologize for existing I don't know if that's just Mm. like a woman thing or what but like realizing that like I don't have to a believe that everybody else knows better than me I don't know if that's a woman thing or a church thing I still figuring that out but realizing that that was a thing I was doing that I was like assuming that everybody knew better when I would say something and they would buttle I would automatically feel that anxiety of like oh maybe I sound like an idiot because they must know. But then I'm thinking like later in life, like what, why would I assume that they, you know? So like in my personal life, I'm thinking like, I know exactly what kind of work I have done. I've been, you know, doing my meditation and journaling or whatever. So I know like where I'm at as a human and my growth and whatever my existence. So like, I don't need to walk around apologizing for myself because like, I know that like I'm being the truest self and me and whatever that I can be because I'm doing that work, you know? So like finding Mm. that I feel like is literally just this year of realizing a, at some point I stopped singing. And I think that was like music school made me hate it. And it made me compare Mm. myself to everybody. And like, you know, there were some people that were just better at kissing ass than I was. And like, I just wasn't, I wasn't organized, you know, I was still too in my trauma to really like be an organized being at that point. And so I feel like there was just so many things that kind of felt detached, detached, detached from my musical passion because I felt like I couldn't write because I was trying so hard to write, you know, and I didn't really know how to connect with my creative being, although I was given all these tools of how to like be a business with my creative being, I really didn't know how to like connect with it. And I think that that came with like growth and like, you know, releasing a lot of my, you know, shit and stuff that allows you to connect to your creative being a lot easier. Um, But like realizing that like at some point in the sadness and whatever, I stopped singing. And I think that that kind of happened slowly for me when I like go through my times of like struggling with depression and extreme anxiety, like I realize at some point, like when's the last time I listened to music and when's the last time I touched the piano or sang because like that part of me just shuts the fuck down once I get to this certain point, you know? And so like realizing like that's something that feeds me a lot. And like, so I'm trying to be more intentional about like making sure I'm doing that, you know, and obviously I'm wanting to like, you know, you know, record albums and things like that. So obviously that's like what we're doing, but like making sure that I'm not just doing that in a business sense right now either, that like, that is something that heals me as an artist and as a being. So like, using that in like that heart 
healing way too, you know, right. coming back to that because like going to school for music, something that's a beautiful like language and thing that comes out of you, you know, especially if it comes out of you naturally, like fucking amazing voice and like talent, you know? And so it's just like going to school for that really like kind of tears it up a little bit. It like can dirty it. And it doesn't for mm-hmm. everybody because I can talk to some people that they're like, I had an amazing time at my music school experience, da, da, da. But for me, it was really a time of like, it made me really have some angst with it and like felt really, and maybe that was just like my time of like needing to grow as a being. I don't know. Thoughts. <laughs> I'll, I need a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> no, sure. Sure. I totally get it. And I'll just like tack on that, um, you know, the one, for example, one of the courses that we're offering, that a lot of things we offer in the den uh, is this course on musician mindset. And the majority of the people that are signing up are professional musicians, usually a few years out from school. Maybe even there are some that are in their 40s and 50s that are taking this course. And it's, it really is that it's, and the whole thing about musician mindset is it's your relationship to music and your relationship to your own art and music and kind of diving deep and what are you making it mean Mm -hmm. about this thing and that thing. And if you can clear up the like gunk there, your music is going to flow. It's just going to, and I am one of those people that does believe it comes from, uh, you know, I don't want to say like higher being or calling or spiritual, but there's a connectedness and an energy to it that when it's not going upstream, it's just flowing. So if you can like get all the gunk, of, of your relationship to your own art and your relationship to music and what you're making it mean about who you are. Like that's, that's where I've seen the greatest growth, even in the last six months from the people that have like come onto the den and, and participated in a session yeah, or course. Yeah. Just yeah. So that there's where like the bigger why. things that I care about. Yeah, yeah. Is I see my music friends, not like not going deeper down a hole mm. during COVID. Like yes. that's a win for me. Like I could care less about the rest. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm seeing some of my friends get better. <laughs> right. So, you yeah, no, I feel you though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So tell me, um, tell me now about what your life's a lot moment has been or, um, Ooh, yeah. our podcast is called life's a lot because, Life is a fucking lot. <laughs> like, there's really not a lot of, like, explanation that needs to go into that. Um, because we all really go through a part of our lives where, or multiple moments during our lives that we're just like, life is a lot. Yeah. Like, so has there been a time in your life where you've just really thought to yourself, like, life is a lot? Yeah, what mm. does that mean to you, I guess? Uh, <laughs> what is it? Yeah, oh my gosh. I mean, there's so many moments you could probably right. tack on and identify. I'm trying to think. It's funny. I mean, the most recent is super, super present and obvious to me. But the tr- the polite reason of why I say I'm in Hawaii is because I am uh, guest lecturing at Hawaii Pacific University for arts entrepreneurship. Um, but the reason why I even went to go try to get that, and it was a cold call, um, but I... I created some opportunities out here because um, I was supposed to move out here with my partner and uh, it was his dream to be in Hawaii. I didn't really care. Like I, you know, I was just like, this is your dream. Let's make it happen. And funny enough, uh, the time came and he did not 
come with me. And so I made the choice to, you know, uh, to go on it. And by that point I had this offer with the university anyway. And so yeah. I was like, well, I can move anywhere. I can work remote anywhere and, um, I'm working in my company. And so there's no touring happening for the next six months. So yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm going to go for three months and, and see, and I don't know, but it's not really that there's not rocket science. You, right. you take your bag, you walk on the plane, you sit in the seat and then in five hours you are here. Like yeah. that's all it is. And yeah. so, um, but you know, there was a lot of like healing, a lot of growth that had to happen yeah. the last couple months here. And I'm so grateful for that time because yeah. the truth is, I mean, like life's always working out for yeah. me. And you, if you just kind of carry on that attitude, like it will keep working out. Like, yeah. And to make it any more complicated than that um, is where I think I start to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just, um, and it's, and if you like, if that statement is too hard for you to take on, you can be like, well, you know, life's worked out for me in the past. Like right. there've been times yeah. when, yeah. you know, it's been going well. And it's like, yeah, I think it could go well again at some point, you know? And, yeah. and then you like start to just talk yourself into, well, of course it's going to work out because the fun part is regardless of what brought me here, like now I'm here. And so it's yeah. like, okay, well now what am I going to make here? And regardless of what led me to my music career. It's like, well, now you're here, girl. So you might as well do something good on the yeah. stage. So, you know, so, so kind of just know, taking that attitude. there or change, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And like, have some fun, like run to what feels good. Right. So if does this feel good? Great. I'm going to keep doing this. Does it not feel good? Okay. Let's figure out why, or just don't focus on it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that mindset. You know, it's just such a, a positive, positive outlook that you really, I think it's like that whole thing, you know, fake it till you make it, you know, my mantra, I feel like this last Mm. year is like, we're doing it. And that's Mm. what I would just say. Like, it's okay. We're doing it. We're doing it. Mm. We're doing it. We're doing it over and over and over. Just be like, yeah, it's like, might not be perfect. And also it doesn't have to be perfect. Just has to be perfect for now. You know, just like letting Mm. myself be okay with like Mm -hmm. what we're doing right now, because it is what it is, you know, and Mm. we're doing our best to make it better every day. Like we have the intentional thoughts. And like, if you're having a thought of like, oh, I wish it was better. Well, then you're making it better just because you're aware of like, you want it to be better. You know, it's like that Mm. intentional mind. Mm -hmm. So it's like giving yourself that beat of like, breathe dude you're doing it you're doing it. we're doing it yeah <laughs> like, yeah you know yeah. every one day at a time because you know when you're doing big things you have big dreams and even just like small scale like life like just if you have anxiety if you don't if you're breathing life is a lot like even just in the everyday sometimes of just like oh I've got to go to work again I've got to get up and like do this shit and I'm tired of doing the same shit you know some days are just like that but it's like if you can just get up and like force the fake it till you make it thing you know Mm. that but the interesting thing positive thing yeah I had to disrupt that thought in my head though um I'll just share like the fake it till you make it I really had to actually pull that out of my mind because Mm. I don't want to be faking it like because then that's a false energy that's a false emotion that's not Mm. actually where you're truly at so if you're trying to tell yourself like I am joyful but like really you're in severe heartbreak well then don't try to keep meditating on the phrase I am joyful because that's just a lie right <laughs> and I am okay like, maybe like it's all it. about language I feel like like changing yeah. what we get what you yeah. mean by saying I am joyful like you want to be joyful but currently sure. you're hurting a lot <laughs> yeah 
So like, it's yeah. okay, girl, go, go be her. Like, and just take it one little micro level above and um, yeah. keep going through those emotions. So I but, do like that correction yeah. because it is, true, I just share though. it because I needed to have it disrupted. So, Oh yeah. no, I love that <laughs> because it's true. Cause like when I yeah. say fake it till you make it, I know what I mean. And in my heart, it's like, it's not like faking it because I don't believe it. It's like literally just like that reminder of like, tell yourself every day that you're happy and you, because you are just remind yourself mm -hmm. like, yeah, it hurts. And like, this sucks and it's okay that I'm feeling it. But like the bigger picture, like basically what you're saying, like, it was okay before and it always is okay even when it sucks a little you know so it's like that like mm -hmm. yeah you know it's mm. the mindset shift of like the reminder the gratitude kind of thing yeah and i kind of scoff at all the like make a list of your three things you're grateful for and i'm like yeah <laughs> i kind of scoff at that stuff but i will say i kind of you know take it on in other other ways oh yeah it's yeah. like oh we get it like blah 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 it gets to be like a kitschy like two in your face like the whole be calm thing back when that was like a whatever and it was on everything and you're just like oh we get it be calm and whatever but if you really think about, i mean it is like a really good thing that's been hanging on people's walls is like be calm and something stupid i'm sure but like you know the focus of like the intent of something right yeah that's that's money game. Yeah. <laughs> the intent yeah. or whatever Life's a lie.